Hi, and welcome to the Burning Ones podcast. Our desire is to see people all around the world burn for one name, Jesus. We pray that you experience the love and power of Him through this journey. Thank you for joining us, and may burning witnesses arise. You can turn to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to read just a handful of verses once again. We're going to hop right into it. Um, Even as I opened, sharing with you. This year has just been peculiar. It's been very different. Uh, I know everybody understands that regardless of where you are in the world. Um, And then depending on where you are in the world, um, it has been more severe. Um, And then depending on where you are placed or where you are assigned in the United States um, has also depended um, on your experience over the course of this year. And we all recognize that the times are intense. We're not going to jump into all of those different ways or let's say expressions of the intensity of our times, the urgency of the hour, uh, the real hostility that is being wielded from the spirit of the air, the rulers of the age. Uh, You would have to be completely just willing to claim total ignorance to not recognize that there are powers and principalities that are hell-bent on destroying the unity that man enjoys with God and that man enjoys with man. It is the purpose of powers and principalities. One of the purposes, uh, I don't want to say purpose as in like the sole purpose, meaning only um, exclusive to all other things, but it is one of the purposes of powers and principalities to destroy the harmony that man enjoys with God and that man enjoys with man. Uh, We understand that reconciliation, according to the gospel, the power of the gospel, God's intention, his loving purpose for the gospel, the announcement of the gospel. We do understand that God was in Christ reconciling all men back to himself through the bloodied, broken body of Jesus, the beautiful wisdom of the cross, the power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Uh, We do understand that God was in Christ reconciling all men back to himself. Uh, This was Paul's charge, even in 2 Corinthians 5, the word of reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation. Again, we are building upon things Um, The word of reconciliation, we are now carriers of a word of reconciliation. We are reconcilers in the earth. We bear that as a divine assignment, as a burden, because we have access to God's heart. He is desiring that none would perish, but that all would come unto salvation by the knowledge of the truth and a pledging of allegiance to this beautiful man, King Jesus, who reigns supreme He is glorious in every way possible. We carry this word of reconciliation, but also the ministry of reconciliation. And Paul says, imploring men, uh, pleading with people while there's still time, while there's still time, because we all understand there is coming ahead of us. Uh, However, sooner or later ahead of us, that may be, there is a moment ahead of us where the clouds will part and the trumpet will sound 
and the lightning will flash and the Son of Man will come. The Father will release him to return and it will be the second coming of this beautiful king, this broken man on our behalf, the most meek yet the most powerful, loving yet fierce, tender yet strong, merciful yet just. This meek king will return and he will come riding upon the clouds. And we know that this moment is ahead of us. And Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, while there's still time, we are pleading with men, all of creation, every tribe, nation, tongue, every people group on the face of the earth. Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to every people group and then the end will come. Paul said, while there is still time, we bear a word and a, and a ministry, and it is to be reconcilers. We are preaching reconciliation. We are living reconcil reconciliation. We are bringing the announcement of the gospel, which is um, that God was in Christ, reconciling all men back to himself. That being through the Son, by the power of the Spirit, we are now alive to God. He has reconciled all men back to himself because of the chasm of sin and the distance by the wages and the penalty that was due humanity, God has made a way. He is reconciling men back to himself, but not only men to himself, uh, also man to man. And this is where things get interesting, to say the least. Uh, we are totally good. Everybody is super cool with us being reconciled to God. Um, we now have access to God through our allegiance to the Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have come alive to God. It's the language of Ephesians 2. No longer bound, no longer sons of disobedience, no longer living in accordance to our lives being governed by the tyranny of the spirit of the air, powers and principalities. John 14, Jesus would have called him the prince of the power of the air or the ruler of the world has come. I am not afraid. He has nothing in me. Powers and principalities. We're no longer governed by the tyranny of the hostility that is being wielded from the spirit of the air. Praise God. But we're now alive to God. And we are now in union with his son by the power of the spirit. This is our placement in the earth. Everybody is super good when that's what we're talking about. Um, but the gospel is reconciliation of man to God, God to man. But it is also reconciliation of man to man. And again, this is where things get a little challenging, especially when we read in these verses, as we read last week, um, we're going to jump into the same portion. Um, I know that last week we, we read verses one to six, um, and we're going to do that again. We're going to hone in on all of the ones and the charge to unity, like we did last week, but expand our conversation. Starting in verse one, therefore, we went into the therefore last week, so we're not going to get into it again this week. I, the prisoner of the Lord, this is Paul, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. 
We built that last week. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another. So this is where humility, gentleness, patience, all showing tolerance for one another. Um, he's talking about the charge in the family. This is a family talk. This is the representation of God's family in the earth as a unified body, an otherworldly unity by the power of God's own spirit that has now given us access to what we see in this divine fellowship, this divine community. God as family has now become the reference point for what we have been exposed to and now what we are to express and to demonstrate as we live our lives out with, as Paul says, one another. Um, one another. The implications is that it is almost impossible to live out the power of the purpose of the gospel unless our lives are knit together and we are living life with one another. Again, the language of Ephesians 2, we are no longer foreigners. We are no longer aliens. God has brought us into his family. None of us deserved it. God gave us access to it. The wisdom of the cross. He has conquered all of his eternal enemies. The dividing wall of hostility has come down. And now he has created a place of abiding, a place of habitation for himself in the midst of our lives now knit together um, that knit together where God has created an abiding place for himself he not only visits but he has created a habitation it's not a visitation it's not weekend rights but it's a habitation he's created a habitation for himself in the midst of a people that he longs to abide with forever and he is readying us for what will be the full-on experience of that whenever we enter into the other side of time when death has been abolished we will be glorified eternal humans ruling with jesus we are being readied for that but in preparation for that he has given us his spirit and we live now in the midst of the wrestling that happens in the earth the tension and the tyranny and the hostility from the powers of the air, the rulers of the age, and all of the demonic desire and agenda to destroy the unity and the harmony that man has with God and that man has with man. Again, we must see our unity for the big deal that it actually is. Not just a big deal because we're some kind of cult. Not just a big deal because we want to do things our own way. We don't necessarily want to do things our way. We want to do things God's way. And we're not fighting to preserve our own desires, but we're surrendering to God's desires. And that is what has given us a unique placement and a unique purpose in the earth as we are living our lives with one another. Again, we are reconcilers in the earth being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace and here's where we jump into all of the beautiful ones there is one body there is one spirit 
just as also you were called in one hope, the one hope of your calling, the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Um, we are going to look at this beautiful one that God has called us to. First and foremost, he has called us to himself. Um, and it is going to be impossible to live out what God desires unless we are beholding who he is. Because it is in him that we see the desire for who it is that we are to be in the earth. Again, God is a divine family. He is Father, Son, and Spirit. We know the Trinity, um, the Godhead. God in and of his own person is a divine community. He is one yet has chosen to express and to demonstrate himself as three distinct, three unique expressions that are all beautifully unified. They live in a powerful harmony and enjoy a fellowship that we have not just been able to get a glimpse of, but that we have been given full access to. And now our reference point for this oneness, our reference point for this unity, our reference point for our posture and placement and purpose in the earth as family is what we have been given access into fellowship and beholding in the person of God. Um, God is our example for family. Not all of the... Uh, we'll just we'll just say all of the broken pieces and preferences of what we call at times family in the earth. Um, not all of our broken pieces and preferences. Uh, we are no longer excused. We don't have an exemption because God has given us his spirit. And what I mean by an excuse and an exemption is that it's pretty much easy to feel like we are doing this thing well, depending on who or what or where we choose to look. Um, in certain cases, broken pieces, in certain cases, preferences, and depending on how we want to reinforce our own opinion, depending on how we want to create leverage to our own perspective, depending on how we want to find sides and momentum in order to continue cruising in the lane of our own choosing, we can look anywhere or at anything and build the argument ourselves, but we are not excused into the building of our own argument anymore. God has given us his spirit and there is a responsibility on our lives because in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. We bear a responsibility to behold him, to look deeply, deeply into what we have been given access to. God has opened himself up to us. He's opened himself up to us. And we don't have to gaze upon earthly things, for God himself 
has opened up his own heart and life to us. He has given us his spirit and what we see in him now becomes the reference point for what it is that we are to embody and we are seeking or diligently cultivating as we live life with one another here in the earth. Um, and as we do that, things at times get a little tough to try to live this well and to try to love well. Um, to try to live this well and to try to love well. Um, but this is what Jesus prayed. I've given you glory so that you can live in unity. He said, as I've loved you, now love one another. And I know right now that there's a million reasons why the world wants us to be divided, why politics wants us to be divided, by why racial tensions want us to be divided, why immigration issues want us to be divided, why policies and legislation and all types of financial motivations want us to be divided. I know that there are a million reasons for us to be divided, uh, but there is one really amazing reason for us to be unified. And it is Jesus is King. Um, again, all of these other things were never meant to unite us. Jesus is what unifies us. The power of his spirit is what brings us together in Christ as we are now all alive to God. The power of God's spirit working in us is what conquers all of the reasons for you and I to be divided. It is what abolishes all of the arguments that justify our own perspective, that justify our own opinions, that seek to reinforce all of our own preferences. It is the power of God's own spirit that is alive, that is jealous, that is working on the inside. This is what is our unity. Um, we don't belong to ourselves anymore. We belong to Jesus. And we are now representatives, which means we are representing what we see in God to the world around us. Well, if I am going to represent something, it first means that I must be presented with something. And I am pleading with you in these days to look deeply into the face of Jesus. Um, look deeply into the face of Jesus. Um, look deeply into the face of Jesus. And come, come to this word. Uh, I, I want to give you encouragement. Come to this word. And we do all of this so that we can see all of Jesus. We're not cherry picking. Um, we're not just finding the verses that we can put our own little manipulative twist on. 
We're not only looking for the places and the individual scriptures that we want to massage in order to reinforce, once again, our perspective, to reinforce our desires, to reinforce the conversation that we've created. No, we look deeply into the face of Jesus and we continue to dig into all of this until my conversation becomes his conversation. Because I'm not coming to him with my own conversation and trying to get him to endorse the things that I want. I'm coming into conversation until my life begins to endorse the things that he desires. We do all of this so we can see all of him. And by his own spirit, we have been given access to gaze deeply so that what we are representing to the world around us is something like what it is that we see. Um, so that there's, there's no confusion, so that there's no distortion, so that there's no compromise in what it is that we are trying to be about as we are living this life in the earth while there is still time, while we carry the word of reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation. Supposedly, we are reconciling men to God and men to men, but we are representing what we have seen in the person of this divine family and community. And it is important that if we are going to represent him well, um, that we are actually beholding him well. And that our hearts and minds and lives are being transformed by and into his conversation. Um, th this is not American Christianity. This is being a believer in Jesus. This is living by the power of the Spirit. This is being accountable to God's family and the charge that rests upon our lives as a family to be reconcilers in the earth while there is time before this beautiful, meek, king returns while there is time we carry the charge of being reconcilers in the earth and to represent to represent um this is the language of what paul would have said i'm an ambassador i'm a representative um i'm an ambassador and i am a representative um and unless we are Gazing into the face of Jesus deeply. Unless we are abiding in the person of Jesus, right? Abide in me and I will abide in you. Unless we are abiding deeply in the person of Jesus. Things at times get a little twisted on what we are representing to the world around us. Why do they get twisted? They get twisted because they get tainted. They get tainted with a political spirit. They get tainted with motivations that are worldly in nature that have just adopted a spiritual type language. Um, again, we do this and we do all of this. Because it takes all of this to be able to see all of him. And we want to see all of him. So we're not cherry picking in here so that we can present out there our own ideologies and our own worldly categories and preferences. No, we want to be about Jesus.
We want to be about Jesus. And that gets a little difficult whenever you are trying to get entangled with a bunch of the worldly conversations. Um, but we are living witnesses. And we have power. Jesus said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Ghost comes on you. And you're going to be my witnesses. Hear that. You're going to be my witnesses. What are we bearing witness to? Jesus. What are we testifying about? Jesus. What have we been given power in order to represent? Jesus. I'm not trying to oversimplify it in the way that it's being communicated. Um, it is incredibly simple to communicate, but it is at times incredibly difficult in order to embody and to live well. Um, but in these days, I'm telling you, if we are to be a hope-filled people, um, we have to be a people who behold the Lamb. Um, you need to spend more time looking at Jesus than you do looking at all of the other places um, and people that at times are able to provide a source of information and influence into our hearts and lives. Um, we need to be gazing deeply into the face of Jesus or just to be quite frank, uh, we honestly probably don't have a shot in making it. I'm not talking about making it and staying alive. I'm talking about making it um, in rest, making it in joy, making it um, in order to live well the things that we are beholding in him and the charge that we know rests upon us as a people. Um, if we are not gazing deeply into his face and abiding in him by the power of his spirit. And if we are not coming to this word so that our hearts and minds can be transformed so that we are not trying to change him so that he matches the things that we want in the earth, but so that we are coming to him and this word by the power of his spirit is actually changing us so that we embody the things that he desires in the earth. Um, if we are not doing these things, then it's, it's very easy. Um, we're going to be crippled by fear. We're going to be crippled by panic and anxiety. Um, we're going to be crippled by the spirit of the world that is right now trying to govern and dictate. Uh, let, let me just, let me just say this. Uh, you have to have discernment to be able to see that the end time infrastructure is right now being installed into the earth. The end time infrastructure. Um, what do I mean by the infrastructure? It is the heart posture and the mindset of the end times, the infrastructure, the heart posture, and the mindset of how it is that we interact with life as it is happening around us is being installed currently into the earth. Um, already, things are being dictated. Where you can go, where you can't go, who you can spend your time with, what you can buy, when you can buy, all of the perspective is being created all of the way that at one time it was almost last year 
if you would have said that things could have happened so quickly in order for us to end up in the predicament that we currently find ourselves, I would have thought that you were crazy because of how much time I would have thought was going to be necessary in order for things to accelerate into that global type of situation. Um, but friends, here we are. And the infrastructure, which is governed by fear, the infrastructure is governed by fear. It is life under the tyranny of fear. It is life where we have become prisoners or captives. And when I say we, I'm not talking about us as believers. Uh, I'm talking about the attempt of the rulers of the age to bring the world hostage through the power and the motivation of fear itself. Um, people are afraid right now. Really afraid. Man, what's life going to be like? Where is this thing going? Is stuff ever going to be normal again? Am I ever going to get to enjoy some sense of not having this overbearing, constantly overarching uh, taskmaster, the, the, the whip of fear on my life at all times? Uh, you don't have to live there. Um, you don't have to live there. Revelation 12 tells us we overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, not loving our own lives even when confronted with death. Friends, we have power. We have power. We have power to overcome fear. We have power to overcome anxiety. We have power to overcome all of the desperation, all of the depression, all of the angst, all of the, the chaos and the swirling interior storm because of so many things that are misunderstood, so many things that are unknown, so many things that are seemingly uncertain at this point. Uh, we don't have to be a prisoner to any of those things. We have power. God has given us his spirit. He has brought us into this divine fellowship. And he has put a charge on our lives as we live out what we see in him, which is representatives. We are his family, his body, which is one body, one bride, one church. We are his family and we have been given the charge to be reconcilers. Um, we've been given the charge to be reconcilers. Let, let me just... I'll say this and then, you know, maybe we'll pray. People are looking for hope. People are looking for hope because the world around us is crumbling. A lot of things are crumbling. Um, and this isn't like some uh, doomsday, man, the whole world is going to burn. There's no more hope. Um, I don't find the source of my hope in the things of the world anyways. I find my hope and the source of my hope in what God has given me access to. I can behold the lamb. I know that he has put his spirit in me. I know that I've come alive to God. This is the source of my hope. 
This is the well that I drink from. This is the rivers of living water. This is the bubbling up on the inside of the life of God that creates my sense of hope, that creates an exuberance as we live life in the earth. This is the place where I find my joy. This is the place where I come to for rest. Come to me and I will give you rest is what Jesus said. So I'm not looking into the things of the earth in order to find joy and hope and rest anyways first off he is everything and has become all things to me but people in the world are desperately looking for hope and we have hope we have hope um we we understand that the king is coming again we understand that he is going to make all things right we understand Every teary eye he will wipe dry. That's Revelation 21, 3 and 4. We we understand this. This is our hope. Jesus is our hope. Not political unity. That's not our hope. Our hope is not to somehow one day reconcile Republican and Democrat so that we can all just be a part of the same party and we don't have to argue and divide and, you know, be contentious with other believers because we can't do family well because this place is a massive wedge in between us and the chasm is so far because of the policies and the ideologies and the thought processes and all of these things. Our hope is not being unified in political congruency. Our hope is that God has given us his spirit And he has conquered and abolished every excuse that we have created in order to remain divided. In order to create distance one from another. In order to align our lives with our own desires and not to be accountable to his desires is that I have one family. And I have shared one spirit with them. And there is one Lord. There is one baptism. And there is one hope of your calling. And there is one father who is over all and he is in all and he is working through all. The world is looking for hope and we carry it. Um, I'm encouraging you that in this season, uh, I saw it on a shirt one time and it just flashed before my eyes. Um, uh, Yeah, we'll say it. Um, I encourage you in this season to be a hope dealer. To be a reconciler, to be one who lives in joy and rest, to be one who's fighting to preserve unity instead of being contentious and a critic, instead of being a divider, instead of being hostile, instead of being an aggravator. Um, There's a lot of worldly reasons as to why we believe. uh, And as silly as that sounds, some folks actually believe that this is what they've been called to do. I've been called to be an aggravator. I've been called to be contentious and to be a critic and to rile things up and to get things going. I, I mean, maybe, but, but my question is, by who? <laughs> um, because there's one that's referenced as the accuser, um, the accuser of the brethren, as a matter of fact. Um, and it's not, it's not Jesus, um, but by the Lord, we've been called to live in hope to live in rest, to live in joy, to live with a confidence in the promise 
of all of what we know we've been given access to now that is readying us for the fullness of what we know God has prepared for those that love him. And while there is still time, I encourage you, especially in this holiday season, especially in this holiday season, be a hope dealer. Be somebody who carries hope. Be somebody who lives in joy. Be somebody who lives in rest. But again, this is mission impossible unless you are gazing deeply and abiding well in the right place. Um, and wouldn't you know it that if you are abiding in CNN or NBC or Fox, uh, any of them, all of them, I, I don't know them all, but just throw them all into the conversation. Um, if you are abiding well there, then most likely you're not going to be living in rest. You're not going to have a whole lot of joy. You're going to be very contentious. You're going to be aggravated. You're going to be deeply troubled. You're going to be uncertain. Uh, I'm telling you, we have to gaze well at the right person. We have to spend time gazing deeply in the right place. And we must be a people who abide so that he can change us and transform us. And he can make us representatives of himself in the earth so that we represent him well. And we just don't carry all of our own preferential packages and seek to continue to wield all of the hostility because we don't seem to be getting our own way um, in whatever conversation that may apply. Live in joy. <laughs> he said, for in the world, you're going to have trouble. But I have overcome the world. He said, I've given you my joy so that my joy in you can be made full. He said, I've spoken to you so that when your heart is prone to wander, you won't fall, fail, turn. He's given us everything we need, but it's in him. He's the source. He's the source. He's the fountain. He's the river. He is everything. And he has given us himself. So there is no thing that we lack because we have everything in him. We should live like it. We should live like it. We're an otherworldly people. We're here. We're in it. We're among it. But we don't belong to it. Because God has called us out of it. And we are representing him back to it. Thanks again for listening to the podcast today. We pray that it has fanned into flame the love that you have for him. If you would like more information about Burning Ones, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media. Visit our website, burningones.org, or download our app.